Thank you for joining us today at Our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in seven different locations. We hope that today's message encourages and empowers you on your spiritual journey and helps you grow deeper in your relationship with God. To learn more about Our Savior's Church and how you can get involved, you can visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. Good morning, church. How are we, family? We're family, right? We better be. Well, listen, as you can see, Pastor Eugene and Ms. Heidi, uh, they are out of town, and I'm filling in for this morning. And uh, we are so grateful for our pastors. Uh, I'm just grateful, my wife and I, Courtney, we're grateful for Pastor Eugene and Ms. Heidi for everything that they do. Uh, I know this, uh, the past three weeks, Pastor Eugene, he's been preaching on the sermon series, Honor Code. And that has been an incredible series. I know I told him the other day, I said, Pastor, you, that's something that I believe is missing in our society is honoring God and honoring people. And I love the way he's been presenting that message, how God has been downpouring some things into his spirit. And he's even thinking about writing a book on honor, which he should. I, that's going to happen. And it's really been helping our church. Has any, any of you been helped are just in terms of that message that Pastor Eugene's been doing. I'm seeing hands raised all around this room. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Uh, and speaking of honor, I have to honor another beautiful young lady. And I know you heard Russ talk about his wife, but I have a beautiful wife as well. And today is her birthday. And she's always bragging about being younger than me. And I said, well, Court, you're six months and one day younger than me. And so I'm the old man and she's the baby, right? And so I'm just so grateful for her. Just she's an incredible mother. She's an incredible wife. And I pray today that she has for every second of today that she enjoys every single moment of it and that God will bless her not only today but in the years to come and I am so proud that I have an opportunity and so um, I'm grateful that I have an opportunity to be your husband so thank you Courtney for everything that you've done this morning Pastor Eugene asked me to preach on next steps so the title of my message today is, What's Your Next Step? And that goes for every single individual in this room. We all have a next step. No one is excluded in that. And today, I'm hoping that this message accomplishes two things. Number one, I want you to have a deeper understanding of next steps. And then number two, I hope to encourage all of you to participate in next steps. Can you say participate? That means you have to be actively involved because all of us, this is a body of Christ, right? And what if my arm just says, I don't want to work today? Do, do you feel my body is going to be affected? And that's similar to what happens 
when we have the body of Christ and its members say that I don't want to participate, but I believe that is going to change today. Amen? As Pastor Eugene has been preaching for the past few weekends, do y'all remember him saying, Revelation with application brings transformation? I'll say that again. Revelation with application brings transformation. So in other words, you can't get transformation without application. Today, I'm hoping that the Spirit of God will bring revelation through this message to you about next steps, about discipleship, and after that, you will apply it to your lives starting today, and then you will receive some transformation in your life. Who wants to be transformed? Come on, y'all, you're not acting like you want to be transformed. Who wants to be changed? Father, thank you for the day, God. I pray that the people of God would hear more than my voice. I pray that they would hear your voice. Your voice would be uplifted. God, I pray for a deeper understanding of the word of God of next steps of discipleship. And I pray that, God, that you would move in their lives, you would move them today, that they would start taking some steps themselves and they would participate. I pray that you bless your people in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. At our church, we care about your life because Jesus cares about your life. In fact, when Jesus was speaking to his disciples in John 10.10, he said this, and this is the second part of this verse. He says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Abundantly. I want to give you another translation. I think it's going to help us in terms of understanding what abundant life means. So I'm going to take you to the New Living Translation. Same verse. Jesus says, my purpose is give, my purpose is to give them what? A rich and satisfying life. Now today, who wants a rich and satisfying life? Let me see your hands. Wow. That's way more than the 830 service. I'm still expecting everybody to raise their hands because I believe that, I'm hoping that in Opelousas, Louisiana, when I'm looking at your faces, everybody who's a part of the body of Christ, and even if you're not, that you want a rich and satisfying life, right? Now, when Jesus says a rich and a satisfying life, Jesus is not talking about money or material possessions. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't achieve some of that or obtain some of that, but what Jesus is talking about are spiritual blessings. How many of you want peace, love, joy, long-suffering, all of that in your household? Which means Jesus is concerned about you. Abundant life is really synonymous to eternal life, which means you don't have to receive an eternal life when you get to heaven. Eternal life happens right here when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior from heaven to earth. 
So God is preparing each of you in the life that he wants for us so that we can continue this life when you become a born-again believer that starts right now and it goes all the way to heaven where you will continue in that eternal life. That's an abundant life. Who wants God's life for yourselves? We care when you're living on an island and you're tired of doing life alone. That's why we have small groups. And that's why we had a small group launch a few weeks ago, and we encourage everybody to be a part of that because some individuals are coming to church, but they're still living on an island. And when you live on an island, it's hard to get help. We have small groups. We care when you can't shake off old hurts, habits, and hangups. When you're addicted to pornography. If you've had an abortion in your life and that abortion is causing some emotional distress upon you. If things in your life are going bad, it's tough, and you're really struggling, we care about you. And that's why we have freedom groups. That's why we have RTF, or Restore the Foundation, which is freedom injected inside even a little bit more. It's one-on-one where you can get with an individual who can speak about those hurts and they can lead you to Jesus Christ because he's the only one that can heal and deliver. We care about you. And then if it gets really, really serious, if there's some things going on in your life, you came to talk to a pastor, but there's some limitations even with pastors, and there are some times we have to refer you to a professional Christian counselor so that they can give you some input and some godly advice and some godly counseling so that you can continue living the abundant life that God has for you. We care about you. We care when one of your loved ones dies. And that's why Mark and Dana, they oversee grief share. Because we understand the pain that happens when you lose a loved one. We understand the grief, the grief that can absorb you night, morning, day, and we want to help you with that so that other people who are grieving as well, we can talk about our stories and you can have someone to help you out. It's hard when you lose someone, right? I want you to understand that our church cares. We care when you're tired of sitting and you want to put your hands to something. And that's why we have our serve team which works on weekend services. You have our ushers, our greeters, those who work in the cafe, those who are working with our kids back there, those who are working with our young adults, those who are working with our students, on the worship team, on the production team, all of those different teams so that you can put your hands together because there's some people that's in the house today, you're sitting down there and you don't want to just sit, you want to help your household. And so we have a serve team for that. We also have outreach teams for us to go into our local community and we can give back because that's what Christians do. We are a generous people. It is better to give than to receive. And we have some individuals in the house and we care about you. And then there's others who want to go on global missions because you want to go preach the gospel to somebody and you want to leave lead people to Jesus Christ, we care about you, and that's why we have global missions. We care for the single mom 
who's having a baby and feels all alone. That's why we have embraced grace. Makisha Shelvin is over embraced grace. And she understands your situation because she was also a single mom. She also understood how to, and understand your feelings or when you feel that everything is on your shoulders to take care of somebody. But I want you to understand that Makisha understands you, but Makisha also understands that God will lead you out of that situation. God connected Makisha to Russell. They ended up having two more children, two more girls, along with Christopher, who I was talking about. And now they're living a life for Jesus because Jesus cares. You can clap. We care for the unmarried couple living together and want to live godly lives. That's why we have premarital. And I tell you what, when you come to premarital, there's a lot of people in here, you've come to premarital, you've gotten married right away, huh? <laughs> the pastors of this church, we'll marry you. We'll, we'll get you together now. And you know what? We'll get you together doing it God's way. Because we care. We care when you're battling alcohol or drug addictions. That's why Michael and Victoria Hankins, they refer you to Adult Teen Challenge and get you help because we care. We care when you're trying to transition from life after addiction counseling to life in the community. That's why we have the retreat at sunset so we can have a transition home so people can live actively in our community in a godly way and get discipled. We cared. Now, everything that I just mentioned, I just introduced you to next steps. You just got a next steps teaching. I can, I can, I can go now. I'm done. No, I'm not. Whatever step you take will draw you closer to God and grow you spiritually. The growth you'll experience, listen to this, isn't reserved for you only. At each step, there is a person leading you to your healing and deliverance because they're leading you to Jesus Christ so that you can one day do the same for someone else. It's not just for you, but when Jesus comes onto the scene, he uses you and he builds you and he grows you and he delivers you so that you can help somebody else who's in a similar situation. God can use you. Say right now with me, God wants to use me. No, 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 no. I will save your church. I want you to say it like you mean it. God wants to use me. That sounds better. This is discipleship, y'all. You're one step ahead of somebody else. You're getting taught and you're also teaching. You're getting shown and you're also showing. This is discipleship. So when somebody asks you and they say, what is next steps? Next steps is discipleship. I want you to follow me. Let, 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 me, let me go a little bit further with that. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, and I use the expanded Bible. I, I think it wraps everything up for us. This verse says, 
follow my example. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. And I believe that Jesus is speaking to our Savior's church, the Opelousas campus. And he's saying, we're saying, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Now, I want you to understand what Paul is saying to the church. You know, you cannot follow everybody's example. Because there are some individuals who will lead you off the cliff. Have you ever been led off the cliff before? Paul is saying, you can follow me because I'm following Christ. I know the example that Jesus Christ has set for me and I'm following him, which means if Paul was with us in a terrain like the Arctic, nothing but snow, what Paul would be doing, he would be following Jesus' example where Jesus would be in front of him and wherever Jesus stepped, Paul would go ahead and step and you would see only that footprint go deeper. Now, you know what Paul would be doing as he steps where Jesus steps? He would be carrying somebody with him, and they would follow his example because he's following Jesus' example, and they would step in that footprint, and that footprint would get deeper. That footprint wouldn't have extra footprints. That's how some people like to do it. They want to get away from Jesus and start doing their own thing and start leading church folk in a different direction, and that's where the trouble comes. But Paul says, this is not what I'm doing. You can follow me. You can trust me because I'm going to follow Jesus. That's what we're trying to do at our Savior's church. I, I want you to understand that discipleship can be hard to define. So let me just show you how Jesus modeled it in his day. Are you ready? Let's go to Matthew 4, verses 18 through 19. I believe this story, it encompasses everything that Next Steps has to offer. This is Jesus' model of discipleship. It reads as follows. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew throwing a net into the water. So they're, they're working, right? They're working. They're on their job, y'all. But, but look, look at what happens. For they fished for a living. Verse 19, Jesus called out to them while they're on the job. Come, follow me. Come on, read with me everything that's in yellow. We're going to read this together. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. Verse 20, and they left their nets at once and followed him. I want to go through and unpack these verses. And we want to let you understand that these verses are synonymous to how we're trying to do things here in Next Steps. Are you with me? Let's first of all, let's look at this. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me. Come, follow me follow me. I want you to understand that Jesus will interrupt your flow. I'm not sure if everybody heard that. Jesus will come and mess up your inconvenience. And, and you know, we don't like to be inconvenienced, right? We don't like people to come and mess with our time. 
Huh? Some of us have a routine. I want to do this, this, and this, and it's very rigid, and you won't even let Jesus come back and change it up. But I want you to understand, Jesus will interrupt your flow because he knows the right timing. You don't. Let me say that again because I believe somebody in the back needs to hear me. Jesus will interrupt your flow because he knows the timing to come in your life and you don't. Okay? I I want you to understand that. Whatever you're doing should take a back seat to the call of Jesus on your life. Some of you have Jesus on hold. Hold up, Jesus. Jesus has been on hold for 10 years. (laughs) And then others just say, well, I'm just not going to answer the phone. I'm too busy, Jesus. I got things to do. Jesus, come back in a little while because I'm not ready for you yet. Just like Peter and Andrew, Jesus wants to interrupt your life because he knows you need him even when you're foolish enough to think you don't. And you know what? We've all been foolish. I've been a foolish man. Jesus has been calling me for a long time. And before I accepted the calling of God, I ran. And I told Jesus, honestly, I didn't come out verbally But with my actions, I told him, I don't want you right now. I'm trying to pursue my own life. Can you please come and get back with me and call me 15 years after I try to pursue my own dreams? Has anybody done the same thing to Jesus? I see some hands going up because I think you understand what I'm talking about, how we just put Jesus on hold because we think we know more about our life than he does, right? Without Jesus, Peter and Andrew, they may have still become successful fishermen. Huh? So some of you are thriving in your job, on your job. You, you, you're, you're doing well. You got food on the table. You got a home. And you're thriving on the job, right? But they would have never fulfilled their purpose, fishers of men, right? if they hadn't responded to the call of Jesus. So many of us, we think that we're being successful or having success when really we're failing because we haven't responded to the call of Jesus. Jesus wants you to walk in your purpose. Your occupation, your job, your hobbies, that's not your purpose. That's the lot that you've been given, but when you walk in your purpose, your purpose will start to meet your job and it'll start to change everybody that's on the job, including your boss, when you watch, walk in your purpose. <laughs> Listen to this. They needed Jesus to put them on the path to their destiny, just like me and you. They needed a tour guide. They needed a tour guide. Let me explain. When I first began recruiting college basketball in my early days, I was coaching at Colorado State University. And I traveled, I flew a lot to Los Angeles, California to recruit some guys. And so once I would reach the rental car center, 
they would hand me a map of Los Angeles. Now, I'm talking about 17, 18 years ago. They'd hand me a map. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Now, I'm in Los Angeles driving on the 101 with about six to seven lanes. I got a map on the right-hand side, and I'm trying to maneuver through Los Angeles on a packed roadway because, you know, Los Angeles is never empty cars on the streets. Something's always going on. So I'm riding, trying to look at a map so I can find the next high school. How many of you know that's the problem? Because I only had a map, right? But then two years ago, my family and I, we took a vacation back to Los Angeles. And guess what? We go to the rental car center. We get this car. And now the car has a navigation system, GPS. So now I'm riding in the car where I have an interactive map. Because before I was trying to do it on my own, I had a map, I had where I was supposed to be going, but you know, sometimes my mind would get all messed up and I would get off track. Doesn't that happen in your life? We have the Bible, but there's sometimes we don't understand everything that's going on with the Bible, so we slip up a little bit. But when I have an interactive map, that GPS, and then I also have other people in the car with me, Courtney Guillory. (laughs) So she's also speaking to me along with that GPS, turn right. (laughs) Exit. And then I have my wife helping as well, Courtney, stop. (laughs) So you see all the help that you get when you have interaction? Huh? All that help I was receiving. And even if I missed a turn, because we're going to miss a turn, we're going to drop the ball because we've all fallen short of the glory of God, that GPS begins to speak to me and say, turn, you turn. Next left, you turn. Myron, you're going the wrong direction. And I know I have a beautiful wife saying, you missed the turn, turn around. So you start to see all the help that you get even when you miss the mark, huh? Because that GPS is navigating me through a big city, through all the confusion. It's talking to me. It's helping me. It's redirecting me. And I want you to understand this illustration is similar to next steps. I want to put the map up right now. Because when you go to next steps, and next steps is every first Sunday after the 10:30 service of each month. Right? We all know that, right? First time guests. Every first Sunday after our 10:30 service, after this service, we go into the cafe area and we have next steps. And now every one of you who are going to go to that because I'm saying you're going to go because I'm a very hopeful pastor. Even if you've been here for 12 years, you may have gone through growth track Some of our folk who've been here for a while, you understand that. Even you are going to make that decision to go to what? Next steps, and you're going to receive a map. Now, if I just give you this map, because you see all these arrows going, huh? So you you have joining, grouping, leading, growing, serving, right? You have all these different destinations. Just like a map going through Los Angeles, I had all these destinations, And you know what happens with the GPS? The GPS knows your location. 
So we know that some may be further along in your spiritual walk than others are. And you know how we know that? Because we have a conversation with you. We're building relationships with you. When you go to next steps, you have leaders, you have connectors, you have a tour guide helping you to maneuver through this map because it's very hard to try to do it by yourself. It's like me maneuvering through Los Angeles, the second largest city in the U.S. by myself with just a map. You have this map. You have your destinations. And then you, we understand your location. And then you have a tour guide that can help you navigate through your spiritual journey. Everybody, we got that. Now, some of you, you're at the level of, we just want your next step is just being a regular attender. That's a good thing. We just want you to come hear the word of God, connect with people so the word of God can what? Can grow your faith. You're at a great spot. But then there's others. You've been in church for 10 years. Let me not say that. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. There's an imprint. You come to the same seat, and they thank you because that's a good thing. But then God has grown you to a place where you may need to be a freedom leader. You, you've been grown. You've gone through freedom You've gone through small groups. God has been, what, nurturing you, and it might be time because you've done the joining. You've been, you've been growing. You, you, you've, you've grouped before, but now it might be time for you to start serving as a small group leader, as a freedom group leader. Because you know why? We had so many women signed up for freedom that we didn't have enough leaders. And over 1,800 people are coming to our Savior's church in Opelousa's campus every single weekend. So I know there's somebody in there where God has been utilizing you, been growing you, and God has a calling upon your life. And you're going to come back and take your next step, right? Jesus, look at, look at what he said to his disciples, I will show you how to fish for people. Some of us think we have to have everything figured out before we can fully commit to following Jesus. That is a lie. Jesus will train you. Jesus will teach you. Jesus will equip you for your calling. Jesus assured Peter and Andrew of the how before they could accomplish the what. Follow with me. I'm going to repeat that because I think that might have blown out the door. <laughs> Jesus assured Peter and Andrew of the how before they could accomplish the what. Pastor Martin, what do you mean by this? The church has done a great job of bringing awareness of the what. And the what is, Jesus wants you to do the great commission, to make disciples. 
The what is what are we going to do is what you called for. We know the Great Commission, it's about what? Go, therefore, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And make what? We're making disciples. We got the, we got the what down pack. But many of you come to church religiously and do not know how to be disciples of Christ. The church has not always done a great job of showing you the how to become a disciple. So with next steps, Jesus showed the how. He equipped you, right? Because it's very difficult to produce something and you don't have it on the inside of you. We all know that we reproduce after what? Our own kind, right? So with it, we're going to show you the how. How can you be a disciple maker if you're not a disciple? Isn't that putting the cart before the horse? Now, Courtney's laughing because she knows I, I mess cliches up. This was, this was right, right? That's right. I'm getting there. We want to help you so that you can be a disciple and you're going to have people and leaders, connectors, tour guides, and next steps walking with you and eventually you're going to become disciple makers and you'll be doing the same thing that's getting done to you. Come on, church. I think somebody should say amen on that. Next Steps is a tool designed to guide you through your spiritual journey where you will be shown the how, right, to be a disciple so that you can make future disciples the what. Just like Jesus did with Peter and Andrew, he sees something in you before you even see it in yourself. Jesus called them out and said what they were going to do before they even knew how to do it. Some of us in this room, we don't believe or we don't think that we can be disciples of Christ. But I want you to understand the body of Christ. We're going to help you with that. There's something on the inside of you that Jesus is trying to take out of you and you keep saying that you can't. And the Holy Spirit keeps telling you that you can I know that because we speak to a lot of people and that's the conversations that we have in our community is that I can't. And there's an inferiority complex that the enemy is trying to push down on Opelousa, St. Landry Parish, this part of Louisiana. And God is saying, no way, don't listen to that false narrative. I'm telling you that I'm going to use you. I'm going to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things right here in Opelousas, Louisiana. Do you believe that? And, and then look, look at what happens. When Jesus approaches them, look at what happens with the disciples. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Woo! Just like Jesus called Peter and Andrew, Jesus is calling you. Now, you see the actions of a disciple. They left their nets, and I bet those brothers were casting it, coming in this boat. 
man, all that bass, all that speckled trout getting here. Tuna, getting this boat. Mahi, mahi, getting this boat. And then they left all of that. I'm having success. I might be making a little money. Jesus, I ain't, it ain't time for me to go. The fish right here is here. And he says, no, 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 I need you to get away from this because I have another calling for you. I don't want you to be a fisherman. I want you to be a fisher of men, and I'm going to show you how. And you know how I show you how? With fish, you don't have to have a relationship with. I just got to catch the fish. But when you're a fisher of men, I got to get you closer to somebody so you can have a relationship with them. So you can grow together, and you know that person that you're discipling, when you start to disciple them, there's some things that's going to rub off on you. It's going to be like-minded spirits, and my spirit is going to help you as well. It's not just for you. Peter and Andrew understood that they needed help, and in order to receive help, they couldn't stay stuck in the same spot. Listen to me, OSC. Listen to me, Opelousas Campus. As the associate pastor of this church, Pastor Eugene and I, who's the, Pastor Eugene, who's the lead pastor, we don't want you to stay stuck in the same spot. The disciples, they left their nets, which means they needed movement. They had movement. That means that they had to take a what? A step. They had to take a what? A step. Because if you don't take a step and you have no movement, then you stay what? Stuck. And remember, we said that revelation with application leads to transformation. Many of us want our lives to change. We're begging God, God, change me. But we are unwilling to take the next step. There are two important factors needed for discipleship. Number one, there must be movement. As I mentioned before, and they left their nets at once. They left their nets at once. And then James 4, 8 says this, come close to God and God will come close to you. I need you, God. I want you, God. Take a step. God, I need you in my marriage. My wife is tripping. Take a step. God, this the drugs and alcohol, they're taking control of my life. Take a step. God, I don't know what's going on with my job. I, I don't like my boss. And I feel like I'm stuck. Take a step. Peter and Andrew's movement connected them to the eternal tour guide. When they moved, they got connected to Jesus. When you move, you're going to get connected to Jesus. 
And so another important factor, not only must there be movement, there must be sacrifice. Because the scriptures say, and they followed him. They followed him, right? There must be sacrifice. I don't want you to give, I don't want to give a false impression about what a disciple is and act like everything in terms of becoming a disciple, it's all roses, it's all fruit, and everything is going to be really good. When you, when you become a Christian and you start following Jesus, it's all glory. When you follow Jesus here in this fallen world, there will be trouble. When my son, when we dropped him to IMG Academy out in Bradenton, Florida, I didn't just tell Mason, oh, man, you got it. Everything's going to be peaches and and cream, son. You don't have to worry about a thing. You're going to go ball out there with all these guys. You're going to be starting, and you're going to get the best Division I scholarship in basketball that a man could ever have. Go on, son. Goodbye. I'm out. I said, Mason, God is with you. Mason, you're going to have some great, great days where you feel like, man, I'm the best ever. And then you're going to have some days where you don't think you can play ball and you want to give up. But I said in those good days, in those bad days, in those in-between days, if you keep Jesus on your side, then he's going to give you a perspective to keep taking steps toward him. And it doesn't matter what your situation is. God's going to move through your situation. And God's going to be the only one at the end of the day that's going to bring you healing and he's going to bring you deliverance. And so just like I told my 18-year-old son about how to maneuver and navigate with his next steps at IMG Academy, I am talking to the church, to Opelousas right now, my family, and let you understand that you've got to take a next step and draw closer to God. And it's not going to be easy. Let's look at Matthew, the 16th chapter, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, Uh uh-oh, set aside selfish interest, and take up his cross, expressing a willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me. Believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. I love the amplified version of this scripture because it's real. It's going to take sacrifice to be a disciple of Christ. Peter and Andrew were willing to sacrifice their inconvenience. Their inconvenience wasn't greater than their Savior. Did you hear that? Because there are a lot of times that we become an entitled generation where it's all about me. I need you to preach a sermon to help me. I'm coming today 
because of me. And yes, Jesus wants to help you, but he wants to deliver you so you can be a generous people and you can give back to the people that are out there who needs Jesus. Do you see how discipleship works? Jesus comes in like the fish that you put on the boat. You have to come back and clean it. Jesus has to clean you and me when we accept him as our personal savior. And he cleans us so that we can give something on the inside of us, the word of God, to feed other people so that they can have spiritual sustenance so that they can grow and walk in the power of God. Do you see how next steps starts to work? Sacrifice. When Jesus comes close to you, amazing things happen. Peter and Andrew witnessed sight to the blind. Lame people walking. The physically and spiritually dead brought back to life. That's what happens when Jesus comes close. Look at this. God even used Andrew's voice to speak up about the young boy who had two fish and five loaves of bread. Andrew would have never had that experience if he would have said no to God. But look at what happened. That young boy had two fish and five loaves of bread, and Andrew spoke on it, brought the young boy to Jesus. Jesus took that something that was scarce, hardly nothing. And right now, me and you, we're not bringing hardly nothing to Jesus. But he takes our nothing, he multiplies it, he multiplied the two fish and five loaves of bread, and all of a sudden he was able to feed 5,000 men, not including the women and children, and he can do the same thing with your little bit. He can take whatever you have. Come on, church. He can take your little bit. When you think you're nothing, when you think you don't have anything to give, he can take your little bit and he can multiply it because he's looking for your faith in him. And I tell you what faith does. Faith starts to make Jesus happy. Faith starts to activate something. And when faith comes, you start to see him move mountains because of your faith. So I'm going to ask our congregation, I'm going to ask each and every one of you, take your next steps. In the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit used Peter to preach to unsaved Jews. That day, nearly 3,000 people took their next steps to be born again and baptized. He preached to people that hated Jesus. And the Holy Spirit used him and the power of his voice to transform their lives and take away their stone hearts, melt their hearts, and now they were believers in Christ, 3,000. Again, Jesus does extraordinary things through ordinary people. And he's doing the same thing right here in Opelousas, Louisiana. Do you believe it? Because I don't know if everybody believes that. I think everybody believes the news. So there's a stigma that they try to put on our city. But that's not what Jesus is saying about Opelousas. Because when I see some people in Opelousas, I see some people who want to be disciples. There's movement and there's also sacrifice. And I'm going to tell you about a few of those people. The first person I want to tell you about that had movement and sacrifice is a guy named Ashton. And he's living 
and he's residing at the retreat at sunset. He's a young man that in his life he suffered from addiction, but now he's in a transition home, and he was recently asked by adult and teen challenge to speak and interview him for one of their videos. And these videos are going to be played all throughout the churches in Louisiana. And in that video, he said this. He said in the video, and I heard it because I went back and I listened to it. He said he was participating in next steps at the Opelousas campus. So Michael and Victoria Hankins, who are the directors of that home, they said, Ashton, what do you mean by this? What does that mean? And this is what he replied. It led me to small groups. It connected me with God fearing men in my community. So the enemy was trying to tell Ashton, you are an addict, and try to label him and state and stamp that on him so that he could not have any movement. Ashton said, no enemy, that's not what Jesus said. Yes, I've made some mistakes in my life. Yes, I've been on drugs. Yes, drugs had control of my life, but now Jesus has freed me Jesus has released that spirit from me, and so now I can take my next steps and go to a small group where I can have community with people as I'm transitioning because Jesus said, I will show you how. Next steps. And then, I'm not finished. There, there was a young couple that Michael and Victoria also introduced to me. And they were seeking marital advice, and they were looking for connections. And as I started to speak to this young couple, I told them that I can relate to you because marriages go through some stuff. I have a little bit of experience in that. I have 22 years. And not all 22 years have been flowers, right, Courtney? We've had some arguments. We've had some disagreements, right? Couple, she said. And I was talking to them about how to argue. I gave them an example that there's certain things my wife and that Courtney and I we agreed to not to go there. Not to tell one another. Because if you start poking that bear, that bear will rise up. And then the house gets a little bit noisy. To say it nicely. <laughs> and that couple took some of that advice. I told them, be slow to speak. Quick to listen. Slow to anger. And I said, take that scripture in James. And I need both of you to to read that every single day and it needs to come into your heart. I saw that young couple not long ago. They're now connected in a small group. He said, Pastor Myra, my marriage is doing better because there's movement and sacrifice. He took a, a step. And then there's a young couple they took their next steps. They ended up going to First Friday. You, you heard the announcement that Elizabeth made, right? First Friday, 
that's the young adult gathering, they, they wanted to connect with people. And they ended up, through First Friday, they ended up joining a small group. And now that same couple, they're serving in the children's ministry because they wanted to put their hands to something, took their next steps. There was movement. There was sacrifice. And then our one and only production coordinator, Joshua Lanclos, he connected with a young man at one of our Next Steps encounters. It was on a Sunday like today. He connected with him, and that young man took his next steps and is now serving in production and wants to continue serving when the Bill Platt campus opens. He and his wife, listen to this, he and his wife also attended the foster care meeting last week. And now they got information about how to become foster parents, helping individuals, helping our children who don't have moms and dads and nurturing them and caring for them and being a man and a woman of God and being the parents that they don't have. They took their next steps. Movement, sacrifice. Last spring, a lady took her next step by joining a freedom group. When she started freedom, she was depressed. She was down. Life was beating her down. By the end of the freedom conference, which freedom goes 12 weeks with the study and the guide, and then one week, I mean one, a few days, two days with the conference. On that 13th week after that conference, people at our church saw her and they said she changed. They saw a glow in her. She wasn't that same lady that was down and depressed. And even her family and friends, they don't even go to this church. They said she's not even the same person. There's something that changed because when you come close to Jesus, he comes close to you movement last but not least there's a young couple that I met named Herbert and Tylen I met Tylen through her godmother I didn't know Tylen I didn't know them I'd never met them in my life and the first time I met them I was asked to do their twin baby's funeral. She had a miscarriage. Didn't know them, didn't know the family, never met them. But I was asked because I pastored her godmother. I went to the funeral and started talking to the family and I found out that's not the only child that she had a miscarriage on. She had one previous to that. And now I have to preach her funeral. And there's a coffin the size of this podium. And I see family crying. I see Tylen, she's broken. I see her, he's trying to lift her up, but he's broken. And we preach a message of hope to that family and a message of salvation to the family. I leave the funeral. I don't see Tyler or Herb for a while, and I get another call 
from Thailand. She says, my dad died. Unexpectedly. And so now I have to go and do another funeral. I don't know her dad. But I do know that there's power in the word of God. And I know that the spirit of God is going to move. And we give another message of hope and another message of salvation. And there's some people who got saved. And I believe that while everything was going on, I didn't know about it. I believe the Holy Spirit was working through Thailand and Herbert. Because eventually, a few months later, I see them walk in our campus. They walk through those doors. And I'm just shocked, like, whoa, what's up, y'all? So we hug each other, man, with a couple of tears coming down. And then as some time passes, Tylen goes to Makisha and says, Herb and I, we've been living together. We're not married for about six years. And we want premarital movement. And so when we go through premarital, she requests that Courtney and I, because the connection, right? I don't know how God does things, but he connected us, Courtney and I, that we do premarital. So we're going about two or three weeks in premarital, and we mention to them, hey, we want you living and doing things God's way. You've been living together, and now God has a future for you that's abundant, that's rich. And I'm asking you to take a step. They immediately said yes. We didn't wait for the next Sunday. We got the marriage right on the spot. I'm going to tell you, you come to OSC and you want to get married? <laughs> they get married. Under the covenant of God. Right on the spot, right in the bridal room, right in the back. Got them married. They come back. The next Sunday while we're doing premarital. Pastor Meyer and Miss Courtney. We just found out we're having a baby. So, man, we, we're crying, man. We're pumped up. Courtney does only what Courtney does. She touches the stomach and starts praying for her, laying hands, saying, God, give this baby protection and provision, God. Touch her, Heavenly Father. Touch Thailand and keep her safe. We know that she lost three babies. But, God, this is your child. Can you please, God, can you protect your child? Last night, yesterday evening, Thailand has a baby girl. Come on, can we show baby Haven? took their next steps premarital get married do it God's way come closer to God and even in that premarital we talked to them about hey we want to marry you because it's going to be very difficult for you to go to the same home and sleep by one another I said listen listen Herb I kept it real with Herb 
you saying you can do it? And Tyler's like, oh, I don't know if he can do it. I said, Herb, you can't do it. You don't want to go back there, Herb, because that, that temptation right there is hard for a man to resist. Herb, you need to commit to this woman. Love her like God loves the church. Yes, Pastor Myron. Sacrifice. I'm not going to do it my way. I'm going to remove my self-interest, and I'm going to do it God's way. And I'm not saying that God moves like this all the time because God moves in so many different ways. But in this moment, it appears to me that when Herb and Tyler started to move toward Jesus, Jesus began to move towards them and he started to restore some things on the inside and he protected the baby. He provided for that loved one. And now she's a miracle baby right here, born yesterday evening. And we celebrated with them. We cried with them. We prayed for them. And church, because of this, this happened because they took their next steps and they had faith in Jesus Christ. So can we give God some praise this morning? No, 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 no. I, I don't think you heard me. I think you can give God a little more praise. There's somebody in here that can stand on your feet. And you can give God some praise because God is still working miracles right here in Opelousas, Louisiana. Come on, church. We can give God some praise. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. My challenge to you, Hold up, hold up, hold up one second, y'all. One second, one second. We have a table out there for you to have movement and to make sacrifice. Next steps is right after church in the cafe area. I want to see that place packed because there's movement and sacrifice in the house. I don't care if you've been here for 12 years. Have you been here for one day? Jesus says, come and follow me. And I want to be a disciple of Christ where I drop everything. And I said, I'm coming, Jesus. I'm coming, Jesus. I don't know where you're taking me, but I, where you're taking me is going to be a fulfilling and a satisfying and rich life. And God wants to do that with somebody in the house. There's somebody in the house. I challenge you. I encourage you. Let today be your day. And there's also some people here, your next steps is to be born again. That's the movement. That's the, the sacrifices. I don't want to, I'm repenting. I don't want to do what I used to do. I repent of my sins and I turn towards you. All eyes closed, every head bowed. If you want to be born again, it's as simple as ABC. First of all, admit that you are a sinner. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. B, believe that Jesus took on your sin and he went to the cross and he died for you. And C, confess that he's your Lord and Savior and that God raised him from the dead. That's all you have to do is believe and you will be saved. If that's you, can you raise your hands? Look at the hands. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That's movement. Those hands are movement. That's movement. You can put your hands down. Is there anybody else? Movement, sacrifice, that's what it takes to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Where's anybody else? 
Thank you. We're going to pray for you. We're going to join our faith with your faith, and we're going to say this prayer together. The prayer doesn't save you, but this but prayer is a confession that you want Jesus as Lord of your life. Can you repeat after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe it on the cross. You took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin to follow you with all my heart, no matter what it costs me. And I declare that God is my Father. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God some praise this morning.